You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist and an exercise physiologist, and that is important for today's Always Moto Inspection Podcast. This is episode 52 of the Always Moto Podcast. I'm your host, David Hogan. We won't be joined today on the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grindley. He is unfortunately still waiting to be paid, and that might be part of the reason he isn't here. It's got nothing to do with it, but he isn't here today for this inspection podcast. It's just me. This is the Always Moto Podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. This episode is an Always Moto Inspection Podcast. We are inspecting the Polar Grit X Pro, how it works and why you should be tracking your training and moto rides with this device. Bringing you the show today is Polar Australia. Polar Australia and their incredible range of activity tracking and heart rate monitors from the H10 chest strap and their top-of-the-line GPS multi-sport watch, the Polar Grit X Pro. Also, big thanks to Slamboard Guy. Don't forget we have that affiliate deal in place. Slamboard Guy has offered a 10% discount for Always Moto Podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout. Also bringing you the show is Endurance Recovery Boots. If you want to maximize your training, you need to be recovered before each and every session. These recovery boots can help you be your best for your next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout. Also bringing us the show today is Tech 167 3D Printing. Need something cool for your bike? Maybe just a funnel that fits and means no mess? Then check out these products. Special code for these guys uh, is always moto in lowercase at checkout. And you heard that here and only here. So thanks for listening to the Always Moto podcast with those special deals. As always, we still need your direct support here on the show and we have our merch available to support the show. We have our Always Moto t-shirts available. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Show us your so- show support. Um, and get a t-shirt and rock it at your next race. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com, put t-shirt order in the subject line and send through the size you want and we'll be in touch regarding payment and delivery details via PayPal. Now the shirts, guys and girls, they are a smaller size, so please go up a size or two so that you're not disappointed when you get the size of the shirt in the mail once you've purchased it from us. Now, speaking of PayPal, if you want to support the show, send a donation to Always Moto PayPal account, drop a message or a question in the show notes and we'll read it out live on the show. 
to find all our supporters and all the show links, follow follow the links in the show notes or in our bio on our social pages uh, and you'll be get straight to those places that you're looking to find us at either Polar Australia, Slant Board, um, the PayPal donations, etc. All right, enough with the intro talk. Let's jump into the show. My name is Julian Benick. I'm number 500 for the AMA Supercross Series and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are into the show. This is a Polar Australia Grit X Pro inspection podcast. And we're going to start off with this Polar Grit X Pro. We've had it now for a couple of months, thanks to the guys at Polar Australia. I've been a long-time user of Polar products, probably... Oh, it's got to be going over 10 years now. Um, starting back with a Polar V800. I've since got a Polar Vantage V. I actually had two V800s. Um, ended up upgrading it when they made some different features and changes to that product. Uh, but then ended up with the Vantage V. Uh, and just most recently, obviously, the Grit X Pro that we've been get, gotten direct from Polar Australia. And Polar Australia products, they've always been fantastic. But this one is exceptional at the moment. And the, the details that you can get from it, the information that comes uh, because of what you're tracking as you're training, as you're just walking around day to day. It's unbelievable what you can do with it and, and just understand what's happening with you and your body and your training and your efforts on the bike and motos and gym and you know mountain biking and running and swimming and, and all of these things combined. They just cover everything and it's insane how much they can cover and how it all then links to the Polar Flow app, which you can have on your phone. And track the hell out of everything. You can go to the nth degree if you want to, or you can just breeze over the top of it and just keep a general eye on things and track generally how things are going, just from a you know from a, a bird's eye view. You can do whatever you want. You can break it down to the nth degree, or you can just keep a quick scope on it, just from uh, you know an upper level, which is awesome. Now let's get through a couple of these uh, tech specs for the Polar Grit X Pro. Now it's a fairly simple design it's just a watch these days these things are very compact uh you know they're not like the original ones that i used to have way back when where they had a big bulky bit on the arm like below the watch face that was sort of part of the wristband that was actually the gps tracking unit none of that is happening nowadays it's all just built into the watch itself so it's just a watch but the width of this one is 47 mil its height is 47 mil and its thickness is 13 mil now this one is a lot bigger and chunkier than the polar vantage let's say it's, and that's because of the extra navigation features that it comes with. Uh, it's obviously just trying to pick up a few more bits and pieces, so it's got a bit more hardware inside to make all these things work. Now, obviously, the other part of that that makes it a bit thicker is it's it's carrying the uh, continuous heart rate sensor is built into the back of it to catch your, capture your heart rate off your wrist. So there's a little bit of that side of things as well. But it is just a little bit thicker, stands off off my wrist a bit more. It's no like no bigger circumference that I, I feel from from the other watches I've used. But it is just standing a little bit taller off my off my arm, which is something you need to notice when you are reaching forward for something. You know, trying to reach in between something, you will catch that watch a little bit more often on things when you're going in between a tight gap. But very minor, you know, in the big scheme of things, and you don't notice it after you've been wearing it for a day or so. Total weight of this is seventy nine grams. Now, in terms of display, it's an MIP display type. It's 1.2 inch. Its display resolution is 240 by 240, and it's touchscreen enabled. It's always on display, um, and, and it's just a beautiful looking thing to look at uh, in terms of the screen. It's very easy to read. It's very clear. Color screen, um, you know, very functional. Um, and I like the black background as such with the, with the, the white writing, let's call it. 
Um, it's just sort of like that dark mode for a watch. I find that's the easiest way to pick up the, the details on it. It actually works really well for, for me. Now the performance from a CPU speed, it's 120 megahertz. It has 0.64 of a megabyte of memory and it has a storage of 32 megabytes. Now it's GPS enabled um, and the connectivity wise, it's Bluetooth uh, version is BLE. It's able to be um, USB-A connected um, and Durability wise, in terms of the, the environments and where you can take it and what it's used for, uh, it's operating temperature in a minimum sense is minus 20 degrees in Celsius this is for anyone listening overseas. Um, operation temp max is 50 degrees Celsius. Um, it's water resistant, so it's water resistant WR100 and it's military grade built. So it's very durable. The screen itself on this one, the glass in front, um, it's actually very, very tough. Um, some of the previous models, you know, like I mentioned about reaching for something, I would always bump the watch at some point. You, you naturally, you always do. You bump the watch on something, right? It's not because you tried to, not because you meant to. It just happens sometimes. And they would mark occasionally, right? I've had this on for a couple of months now and I've bumped it on plenty of things and, I, and I'm not exactly gentle with all these things. I use the product because I use the product, right? I'm not trying to keep it pretty. I put it on a motorbike for Christ's sake. I put it on my mountain bike. I put it on my wrist when I'm doing every gym exercise in the gym. It gets whacked with a weight plate occasionally. A kettlebell might bump it. Um, you know, the cable on a cable machine is going to run past it at times when you're doing a free cable. Um, it's getting some some impacts. This thing has not scratched once. It's butte material that's, that's holding it together. Um, and the screen itself is still crystal clear uh, so that side of things that military military grade um, durability rating is fantastic now some other aspects the battery itself its capacity is 346 milliamps it's a lipol battery it's rechargeable in training mode it's up to 40 hours of use in the battery life in watch mode is up to 168 hours now if you use the power saving mode in training they say that it's up to 100 hours now i don't ever use the power the the power save mode um it's just not something that i had to do or wanted to do um, i'm always trying to because that then takes out some of things like your gps tracking and, and if I'm going to use the watch, I'm using it to its full degree and I'm just going to make sure that I'm charged before I go. Now, I would usually, in, in my trainings generally, um, I'm getting about a week out of this use in terms of um, you know just general watch and general gym sessions. If I do anything where I'm out doing more of my moto training, and especially if I do a couple of hour rides on those on the weekends, this will it'll start to chew into it a bit more quickly. So you're sort of that five to 10 day range where you, you're looking for a charger occasionally. Now, if I have a big, if I had a big race weekend on this thing and I'm using the GPS all weekend, which I haven't been able to do, unfortunately, because of, um, because of my injuries that I've been recovering from and surgeries and such recently, and also time of year that we had this, there's not as many events over the summertime for us moto guys. Uh, but on, on previous models, I haven't had to tra charge it for a weekend race. I would just make sure I charged it on the Friday before we got there uh, and it was good to go. And maybe, you know, Monday or Tuesday I might charge it back up. But I've never had an issue where I've got it to go flat in, during a ride, especially if I paid attention to the battery, you know, the reading percentage before I went into the weekend. So all that side of things. Battery life is not an issue for me on this thing at all, in no matter what form I'm using it. 
Now, some other miscellaneous features, it's stopwatch enabled. It's got a speed pace. It's got a countdown timer, interval timers. You can do manual laps, automatic laps, which is something great and we'll touch on later on. Uh, it's got an auto start and stop. It's got vibration alerts. It's got an alarm. It's a clock, obviously. Um, it's got backlight. It's got a front LED. No, it doesn't have a front LED light. Sorry, that's a no. Date and week weekdays, yes. It's got time of day, button lock, and you can update it. That's the fa- fantastic part about these Polar devices. They're updating the software all the time. So if they can fit something into it more so or it works in a better function, it will update and you'll find that there's better things that are happening with it every couple of months. Now, um, some other things that it also does, it does 24-7 activity tracking. It's sleep tracking. It's got music control. Um, basically, in a general sense, it does everything I want from a watch and everything I want from a sports training data capturing point of view as well. And it's all just on my wristwatch. And the best part is then it links to the Polar Flow app, which I can then t- break down more of my data either on my phone or if I want to see big printout screens, I can do it on the website as well. So it's a fantastic device. It does everything you want. Um, and look, that's the stats breakdown direct from the Polar website. But what we're going to go through next after this short little break uh, is more of my feedback and my interactions with the watch, that, those personal things that we've done with it and how it performed and, and, and what we liked about it. So hang around. We'll be back very shortly, guys and girls. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Meshi, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Let's go through the Polar Grit X Pro and, and how I've managed to work with it and what I've enjoyed. And, and we'll just go through some of the screens that it has available, um, a little bit with the app and the sports profiles um, and things that I used all the time. Now, yes, my background as a physio and an exercise physiologist, um, I know how to understand all these bits and pieces that it puts out in terms of graphs and heart rate trackings and sleep profiles and all that sort of stuff. And yes, it's interesting, but for the general person, some of that stuff is obviously over the top of your head. Now, you don't have to look at it in the depths that I occasionally do. I don't always look at it that deeply either. I just sometimes glaze over it to see that I'm in the right zones, I'm in the right recovery modes, uh, and then I'm getting the amount of sleep that I need and that my training is progressing, right? It's not necessarily that I'm breaking it down and, oh, I got a 67 when I really wanted a 68 on that particular sleep um, you know, profile. It doesn't – I'm not that worried about it. I'm not elite to that sense. This is, My training generally is just for my, myself to maintain my health, my fitness, um, and my ability to go and ride my dirt bike, right? I want to be able to cut as many laps as I want uh, at a reasonable pace. I don't want to go out there and get halfway through the day and call it because I can't move anymore. So that's what, I, what I'm tracking when I'm training is that I'm at a reasonable level of activity that matches what I will do when I'm at a race day, whether that's a motocross day and my three 10, 15-minute motos, whether that's a sprint um, where I'm doing 10, 10-minute 10 you know, sprint loops or a cross-country um, or an enduro that's you know four-day or something like that. So uh, just keeping an eye on all these things. But things you need to do to start, so with this watch, it obviously comes with the heart rate tracking built in, but there's some other things you need. If you're going to use this for moto and do it properly, you need to get a couple of things, right? Now you can, when you buy the watch, you can obviously purchase the H10 chest strap, which is the top of the line chest strap. It links to this watch really easily. It's just Bluetooth connection. Um, you can also link the, the strap to your phone. 
but it's it's best obviously used um, for moto for guys. I, I did a review on this on on full noise before. Check out that article about which chest which heart rate tracking strap is for you. Um, yes, we've used the Verity of the armband version. Uh, we've used the watch continuous tracking on the watch. I prefer the chest strap for moto. It just it's out of the way. It's under my gear. Um, it's not going to constrict my arm and my blood flow for arm pump. It's not the 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 continuous tracking on the on the wrist in moto sense isn't accurate because you're bouncing around so much. So I just prefer that H10 chest strap. So I've got one of those that I use all the time with this watch. Uh, and then the other thing you definitely need for moto to get this watch off your wrist because I highly recommend it's not on your wrist while you're riding. One, it's again it's a constriction point for blood flow. Um, it's going to bounce around on your wrist and it's going to give you some false readings while you're riding. Um, and then it, the other thing that's happened to me, I wore it once uh, as a wristwatch while I was going because I forgot my bike mount. Um, and what happened for me was it actually slid down my wrist and the watch itself was pushing into, now you're obviously in a bit of extension when you're in the handlebars position. The, ri- the watch slid down and was bouncing off the back of my hand as I was riding and I didn't realize at the time. But later that day I went to touch my hand for some reason and I couldn't believe how sore the back of my hand was and I couldn't figure out what it was and then it took me a couple of minutes and I realized that the watch had actually been bouncing off the back of my hand so much while I was riding I'd actually got a bit of a bruise and swollen tissue underneath and I ended up with a raised lump there for about two days from it what banging into the back of my hand so lesson learned never forget your bike mount so those couple of things, you got to get the watch, obviously, you got to get the H10 chest strap and you got to get a bike mount to go with it. Now, the bike mount from Polo is perfect. It fits the back of this watch absolutely perfectly and it's rubber uh, mounted like with some O-rings to your, to your handlebars so there's no strapping on. It's quick, to, quick and easy to remove from bike to bike if you wish to but that rubber mount also allows it to not vibrate too much and then cause other weird readings. So it's perfect on the handlebars on your bike. That's where you need to put it. Now let's talk about the watch itself, the screens that it has available just in its normal set arrangements, right? Now I haven't removed any of these screens because you can have some flexibility in terms of what you can see on your general watch settings. We're not in sports profiles at this point, we're in watch settings. You've obviously got the general one, which is just your time and date and a nice little polar sign. That's fantastic if you just want to run it as a watch. But for me, generally speaking, I'm always on my resting screen is the current heart rate screen because I want to be able to look down at any point in the day and go, huh, doing 78 beats per minute, or I'm doing 110 because I'm walking up a flight of stairs or something silly like that, right? Hopefully I'm not at 110 when I'm going up a flight of stairs. That would be pretty bad. Um, But you get what I mean, right? You want to be able to look down and see that heart rate all the time. And that is there, and I love that feature that it's happening all time, all day, 24-7. And, and it's easy to obviously easy to pick up. Now, within that screen, if you enter into that screen a bit further down, it also gives you the breakdown for that day of what your max was for the day, what your min for the day was, and your lowest of heart rate of sleep, which is fantastically... When I said before earlier in the podcast too about keeping a track of these things from a bird's eye view, just that like global look over, this is the simplest global look over of your fitness that you can get. The, the, low, the, the heart rate at sleep low tells me that I slept well, right? If it's the lower it is, it tells me I slept well. My minimum for the day also tells me that my fitness is good. If it's the, the lower it is, the, the better my fitness is generally and my recovery status is, right? So that's good too. And the max for the day tells me that I put in some good effort. Now, I always like to try on when I'm not in this recovery point from my surgeries. My general aim is to have something in the minimums in the 50s. Uh, and that tells me that my fitness is generally good. 
my heart rate to be in the low under 55 so low 50s um, for the sleep period to tell me that I had good rest and that I like to from a training point of view at least in some point obviously there's a bit more to this but I like to hit my red line my, my 175 my 180 uh, at least once a day now, and then that would tell me that from that basic screen there as well. Now, obviously, in a set training session, and we'll get to this a little bit with the sports profiles, but there's obviously the time that you spend in each zone as to whether you're progressing your fitness or not. Uh, but that this is just that general overview of that. Now, if we go back a screen, um, back two screens towards the, the main polar landing screen, uh, we have our daily activity percentage, which is, which is just a simple, you know, round bar that tells you that we're up to 90, 89% or 100% or whatever it is. Uh, and it's just a quick way of tracking what you've done for the day. Now, if you enter into that one, you can then get things like step count for the day, um, active time for the day, uh, and the calories burnt for the day, which again, general overview, fantastic information just as a general broad sense. The other screen that's great in this point that I use all the time is the... Uh, What's it called actually? It's specific name. The cardio load status, right? And it's just a, a four-point bar graph to tell you whether you're undertrained, maintaining, progressing, or overtrained. And obviously I like to see this in the productive range, uh, or at least in the maintaining. But it's a quick way to tell if that thing's starting to get in that red line. Again, general overview, if it's getting into the red line, you need to back off your next session or two to make sure you drop that down into the productive range because that's when you will get sick. If you push that red line too long, too far into that, into that red zone for, you know, for a day to three, you will likely get yourself sick. You'll eat, you are susceptible to those common colds, you know, sniffles, gastros, all that sort of stuff because you are running yourself down and your body can't cope. So it's, a, again, a quick overview to tell how your training is going. The next screen that's useful on here is the uh, last training session. And if you go into that, it's basically the diary of all of the sessions that you've got saved onto the, onto the watch. And obviously, this will only save so many on there because of that memory we talked about in the stats earlier. But it will then, once you sync this to your Polar Flow app, which we'll talk about later... All of your sessions for forever and a day that you've put onto a Polar device are on that Polar Flow app. And I have stuff all the way back till 2014 or 15, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, so you can on your watch, you can keep a track of all those recent activities that you've done. And, and, and it's, un, it's saved under what sport profile it was, the time it takes, the date and the, and the time. And you can then jump into that and look at those that data a bit further. Things like your min and max heart rates are in there. The cardio load is in there. Uh, and then how long you spent in each of those zones. And that's how you're then telling if that session was useful or not for you for progressing your fitness generally. What else have we got on this screen? If we go along to the next one, we go to our nightly recovery or our nightly recharge screen. Now, for me, my last night when I'm recording this was a very good, which is awesome, but it's not always the, that, the, not always the case. Once you jump into that bit further it gives you the the understanding of what your ans and your sleep charge was there's also further details about how many rem cycles you go through that you can look at a bit further but generally most people aren't going to understand all those rem cycles and stuff generally you're obviously looking at whether you're in the good or very good range the one thing that i will say that was interesting for me when i went into it into the sleep details i believe uh, is that it breaks down when you fell to sleep when you woke up 
So how long that was, what compared to what the average is for your sleep times over the last 28 days, what your actual sleep time was, so whether you actually were awake for a while before you fell asleep or you woke up partway through. So that's an interesting to see how long you were laying there versus how long you're actually asleep. But the one that gets me all the time is the long interruptions. Now, for last night, my 28-day average is 20 minutes that I'm awake for because of an interruption, whether that's I got up and went to the bathroom and it took me ages to go back to sleep, um, whether something just I, I woke up in the middle of the night for some reason, you know, something startled me, noise, you know, or I just came to my, my REM cycle wasn't as deep as it should have been. I came to, well, last night it was 14 versus my 20-day average of 20 minutes. So interesting to know that you're up at some point in the middle of the night for 20 minutes. Now, if we go into the next screens along, so we're out of the recharge, we're starting to look into some other things that come up with, on this device. Now, there ha is the ability to do some uh, actual mini, like some sort of exercises within this. You've got some strength exercise, cardio, and, su and supportive exercises. So those are things like stretches. I rarely use this myself. I, I tried to use them a few times in terms of the stretches. Um, it's good, but not great. Um, wasn't really a big fan of that section. I figured that I was able to put those together myself um, in a better, better organized sense and just track it from a general overview as a you know an other training session. Uh, but for those people that don't have that skill to like myself to build a session themselves, this might be useful for those people. But for myself, I didn't find it that that useful. Let's take a quick break here on the Always Motor podcast. We'll be back with more of these uh, Polar Grit X Pro screens as we work through our inspection. This is Derek Kelly, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, let's continue with our dive into the Always Moto Inspection. That is the Grit X Pro from Polar Australia. Now, next screen on the list here is actually a weather screen uh, that the Polar Flow um, or the Polar Grit, by linking to your phone, is enabled to show for you. Now, if it was me, I'm not too worried about the weather on, on my watch. I, I would look at it on my phone. Um, so in, in time, I'd probably take away this screen. Um, but for some people, it might be interesting. They might not want to pull out their, their phone too often. Uh, but for me, I wouldn't really be, I'm not too fussed whether it's there or not. The next screen over is actually a bit of a nice one. It's a, it's a graph around of how much time generally, um, just like it's, a, it's just showing as a, as, a, as a bar graph basically around the edge of the watch. The time spent in each heart rate zone um, this week. So for me, I've only got in this current point, I've only got an hour and a, hour and a bit of um, current training uh, and it's just breaking it down. Now, obviously it's tracking me for the 24 seven. So it's keeping an eye on it. And the majority of it will be those lower zones because that's what's going to be while you're sitting there at the desk working, you know, if you're an office worker. Um, but if you're in a higher zones, well then it's going to have more time in those other areas. I like it. Again, it's not super useful for me. I'm going to look more so at the other screens uh, in terms of that current heart rate ones like I was telling you earlier about with the, the max and mins for the day. I like that view myself a bit better uh, and I just find that a bit easier to understand. But it's not a bad screen, this one, but uh, not, not necessarily one that I'm you know, looking to keep or, or use regularly. Our next screen across. Now, this is where the Grit X Pro starts to come into its own. It's got these navigation aspects to it. And the navigation obviously requires a compass and the accelerometer built into these things so it can tell which way you're pointing. Uh, now, this screen is the, uh, what do we call this screen here? It's the altitude screen. Uh, so it gives you the altitude that you're sitting at all the time. It also gives you a position based on the conference. So at the moment, it's saying uh, 130 odd um, southeast is the way that I'm pointing. 
Um, so that's you know nice and useful. But again, day to day, I'm not too worried about it. When I'm doing a ride out in the forest, yeah, that's cool to know about al- altitude and whatnot. Um, and and we'll get to that navigation when we're in those sports profiles. Um, but generally speaking, I'm not too fussed about this particular screen on my everyday scrolling. You know, while I'm at work or whatnot. The next screen that I uh, that I that is on this one is something that I am interested in, and this one's been quite useful for my training. Uh, when you want to go for an early morning ride, uh, it's the dust to dawn screen. Now the watch actually tells you what time the sun's going down and what times the sun's coming up, so that you can actually plan around it accurately when you should set your alarm to get up and get the most out of your ride, so you're not battling through complete darkness. Um, or when you're going to run out of light if you're going to train in the evenings. So I found this one really useful to check the night before to make sure that you know the rough times that you're talking about that you know are happening from being up that early all the time from training, that you are still going to be on track with that and you're not, you know, especially as the seasons change, it becomes more useful to check that every so often. So yeah, it's quite useful. I found it quite quite interesting to check that out on the on the watch and it's showing me at the moment, it's saying that it's 7.30 p.m. is going to be dusk and 6.30, uh, 6.26 a.m. is going to be dawn. So days are getting a little bit shorter. We're getting towards the end of daylight savings time at present here in Australia. So it's just keeping a track on that and just, yeah, it's giving me that information, which is fantastic to use. And we're back to the start on those general screens. So let's uh, let's jump into the next phase of this, which is the sports profiles. Now, this is where the watch really comes into its own and, and the majority of my use of why I have this watch now is is because of these sports profiles now just a side note on all of this stuff i hate wearing a watch generally speaking i hate wearing a watch if it wasn't for the fact that this watch did all these things that i'm interested in in terms of my body performance my heart rate training tracking i wouldn't wear a watch but these these watches have made me want to wear them every single day 24 7 the only time i really take these things off and even then, I don't take them off all the time. It's usually when I'm having a shower. Sometimes I just wear it into the shower because I've just had a sweaty gym session and I'm just rinsing it off myself. It's easier to do it while I'm in the shower. So I generally have got this thing on all day, every day. Um, but like I said, if it wasn't for this, if it was just a watch, if it was just telling me the time and the date, I wouldn't be wearing it. Um, it's because of all these other features is why I continue to use it. So sports profiles. Under these train, start training options, we have the ability to set our own profiles, which is fantastic. There's something like over 120, 130 or something of these sports profiles from everything from volleyball to water skiing to golf to cycling to mountain biking. But for us moto fans, they've recently introduced some moto profiles. So you've got motocross, you've got hard enduro, you've got enduro. Um, they're, they're all there you can set. So you can actually, the reason there's a sports profile is so that you can pick out which activity you're doing. One, you can tell um, what, what it was that you did when you're looking back at your training sessions in a week, a month or two years or whatever it is. So you can tell, oh, yep, that was a, that was a gym session or that was a, that was a moto session, right? But the other thing is that you can set each profile to have different screens within it to be able to tell you different data when you look at that screen quickly. And for moto, that's perfect. I have actually a couple of screens that I use for my moto screens uh, to enable me to see different data depending on what type of ride I'm doing. And for me, that is something like for a moto where I'm just on a moto track for about 10 to 20 to 30 minutes, I just have it a screen as a, as a timer and my heart rate. That's all I need to know. 
I need to know that the moto is going to be 30 minutes long. My time is going for 30 minutes and I've got my heart rate zones and I'm just keeping an eye on my heart rate zones as I'm going around. For cross countries, same sort of thing. I've got the time going so that I can go two or three hours depending on the race length and I've got my, my heart rate zone. If I'm doing an enduro where I need to keep track of the day time for my card to come into a checkpoint, well, then I've got the three screens on there. So I'll have the day, the, the time of day. I'll have the – no, actually, I won't have the duration. I only have the two. I have the time of day instead of the timer and my heart rate zone. But if I'm mountain biking, I've got four screens up. So in my mountain bike profile, I've set things to be the, the distance that I've traveled. My heart rate zone is always there on top. It's on the top of my screen. It's my quick and first reference point. So when I look down, it's what I jump into um, as my quick and easy point to reference when I look at. So that heart rate zone is on top. Then I have my duration. Uh, sorry, my distance. I'll have my duration of the ride. And then I'll have the time of day on the bottom. So that when I'm mountain biking, I know that I want to be back by, you know, 7.30 so that I can be ready, you know, shower and ready for work. Um but I also want to keep track on how long that ride's taking itself. So that I've got, you know, like a, I've got a bit of a guide on my training time. So, that, you know, I know that a certain certain track that I do, it, needs, it takes me about 52 minutes. I want to make sure that I'm within a ballpark figure so that I'm keeping my heart rates and my effort levels at the same point every time. So, yeah, there's so many different screens and so many different things you can do. Now, the other one that I do on the Moto screen is the automatic lap time. And this is where this device has saved me so much headache I can look at the screen and see my automatic lap time pop up once I cross the point where I started it. So if you go to a certain point on your track, and this is more for practice tracks, right? When you're on a race track where you've got a start line that's at a different point on the track to everywhere else, it's not going to work as well um, because you're not going to go past that point. But if you're on your practice track, you can go roll out to a certain point that's away from anywhere else on the track, start your watch there. Every time you go past that point, about five seconds after you go past that point, if you have a look down, there will be on the screen your lap time for that last lap. So you can keep track of your lap times as you go by yourself without anybody's assistance because it's done off your GPS position as you go past that point. And I love that feature. That is so good to have that feature for a moto rider. No more pit boards trying to read the damn thing. No more of, um, you know, trying to get the, the wife or the girlfriend to come and assist with a pit board and time you. It's all done by yourself. You can just, you know, look after it independently, which is awesome. All right. Um, so that's the sports profiles. And obviously that's where you're getting most of your info. Now, the next thing that we're going to ch jump to is the actual uh, testing screens. Now, there's multiple different testing screens that this uh, Grit X Pro has available. And those, those are the orthostatic test, the leg recovery test, the cycling test, and a running test, and a fitness test. Now, for myself, I stick to the orthostatic test. It's just checking my heart rates in laying and standing and it's giving me an overall fitness perspective. It's quite easy to do. It takes about three minutes. Um, again, a bit of a global approach to my fitness. Um, and the other one that I find interesting most recently is the leg recovery test because with my recent surgeries, uh, I am now post-shoulder surgery and I'm doing a lot of leg work because I can't do much upper body work at this point. And so the leg recovery test, I'm smashing my legs obviously a lot recently and I'm just keeping an eye on that I'm not overdoing it on the legs and I can quickly tell if my session from the day before, if I'm recovered from it before I go into the next one and how much I need to tweak it in terms of 
what type of leg exercises I'm doing if I need to give a certain break onto squats or or lunges um, or the leg press machine because they're the main things that I've been able to to do you know with a with a heavy load um, so yeah the leg recovery test is quite easy to do again it also takes about a minute to two you just got to jump on the spot a couple times with your watch on um, the best part about these two tests too is there's a little instructional video sort of thing that comes up on the screen it's not quite a video but like an animation and you can just follow it it's super easy to follow along what you need to do uh, with the instructions and the little animation so polo has been really clever with those couple of things to actually make it so that it's really user-friendly. Um, it's, it's super easy to do. Now, the cycling test needs a power meter as well, and the running test needs a different thing. Um, so those other tests I haven't really touched on too much here because I, I'm not really using them as such. Uh, and look, I don't think for the general people in the moto side of things, at the average level, if you're a pro level, you might want to look into those things, but at the average level, they're not really necessary. Now, let's talk navigation, and that's where this device really comes into something special. In any of your profiles that are enabled with the GPS um, tracking on that sport profile, you can pause the tracking and enter into the navigation side of things. So if you're doing a, a run out or a ride out to a certain point, when you get to that certain point, if you pause the, the uh, tracking and go into the navigation, you can got, you've got a few options. You can navigate back via the same route that you took or you can navigate back via the beeline, as in whatever's the most direct route to get you home, which is awesome if you want to go out and explore the forest on a ride and try and find some new trails and just get yourself completely lost for an hour, knowing that you've got two hours to get yourself you know, back home. So if you just go straight, straight as an arrow for an hour, and then you can basically hit the not have to worry about where you're going and use the watch to get you back home within the same time frame. So that side of things is awesome. You can also, once you've done a loop, set that uh, course and you can use the navigation to set that course for the next time you go and do that particular track. So it, the navigation in this is, is quite accurate. It's, it's quite up to pace with, with what we're doing when we're on the moto. Um, I had no problems with looking down and going, yep, right, I've got to go on a you know, left turn here in, in certain certain amount of time um, because it's keeping track of where you are on that screen. Now, it's a little breadcrumb screen that shows up with an arrow and you're following the line. Um, now, obviously, it's a small screen that you're looking at, so you've got to sort of pay attention to it reasonably well to pick up what you're doing. Uh, it's not a big, you know, what uh, phone screen as such with the, you know, Google Maps on it. It's just a line and an arrow, um, but it is it works really well to get you back home in those circumstances where you might have previously gotten lost. So um, the navigation feature on this is awesome um, to have access to. Now, the big part of this for most people is going to be the ability to link these watches to the Polar Flow app. Now, the Polar Flow app allows you to take the, download all the information off the watch because obviously the, the storage space on this is, is limited. And it will let you keep all of that information in the Polar Flow app on the website via your profile that you'll create when you get the Polar Watch. Now, to sync to the Polar Flow app, it's as simple as opening the app and holding the back button on any of the devices for three seconds, and it will link. They will link devices together, and then it will download the information. Now, once you're in the app, you have endless abilities to look at the data from any angle. Basically, you can go straight into your sleep cycles. You've got your diary of all your activities. 
Um, you've got tracking for across the week and an average daily completion ranges. Uh, you can look at it from a month, from a week, from a year. Um, you've also got like your calendar so you can go and see all of the activities that you've done. It also builds in there. So all of the activities would also show all of the tests that you've done in there. Um, the information is endless. Like I said, I've gone back, scrolled all the way back to the start and it's 2015 was when my first entry on a Polar device was. Um, and I've got every single training session I've ever done with my Polar device on there ever since. So things like for me, when I go to a racetrack and I've been at that racetrack before, I can open up some of those information sessions from before and see how fast I went on certain sections. I can see the lap track. I can see how high my heart rate was, how low, how much rest I got between because my heart rate went down. Um, you know, I can keep track of all those things and re- review and, re- and, and advise myself of what to expect for that next time at that track. And also to tell if my fitness has improved from the previous one or if the day was less than the previous day because I might have actually improved, like from a physical output point of view, I might have improved my fitness and therefore to do the same amount of effort, I'm actually doing less um, energy expenditure. Um, compared to the previous day because obviously the moto rides are always going to be the same three moto formats uh, and I might have actually then just burnt less energy that day because I'm in a fitter position um, from than I was when I was previously there so that information in this app is insane Um, and like I said you can pull it up on their website um, for your profile and look at those those things on a bigger scale for those um, you know the graphs that you can get from your heart rate zones and you can use it to do so much more stuff than I've even able to comprehend right now um but the tracking of that information for your health and fitness is insane and well done to polar for pulling all that together all right let's take a quick break on the always moto podcast and we'll be back with a few closing statements on the polar grid x pro hi there my name is eldon baker and i'm from the baker's factory and you're listening to always moto all right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for listening to the Always Moto podcast and this inspection podcast on the Polar Grit X Pro. Now, if, you have, if you're still here and listening through, thank you very much, but it's obviously because you're interested in this device and you want to know a little bit more about how to get one. Now, should you get one? Can you get one? Of course you should. Of course you can. To do that, um, it's very simple. Obviously, the Polar Australia website is there. Follow the links in our show notes uh, and you will be able to get onto the Polar site direct. That will help us out so they recognize that you've come from our podcast to that site. Now, these GridX Pros are available through Polar Australia. They're going for around $749 as a starting point, but obviously there's different models and ranges um, and options to do that. And you've got If you add in the chest strap, that's going to be a little bit more. They're about $100-ish as well. Um, I think they're $110. But um, yeah, you're going to add in different things. A bike mount's about 50 bucks. Uh, if you want to get a second chest strap without the actual sensor, there's some money as well. So check the site for the exact prices um, out there, guys and girls. Don't take what I've said on here as gospel. It's not always accurate and I'm not looking at it that closely. Um, you know, when you're shopping yourself, pay attention to that. Obviously, there's probably postage and stuff as well because you're going to get this sent to you, to your door so to make it simple for you to, um, to find. Now... It does so much for you. This device is the simplest thing out there, but can be so complex if you want it to be, to, to break down the data as far as you want. Should you be using one? Definitely. For any fitness level? Definitely. It's the only way to go if you want to track what you're doing. Keep an eye on it. The best, Some of the simplest things that it's done is show me a map of my track 
that I've just ridden, especially when I'm doing bush loops. And it's so cool to see that that, that track looks like from a bird's eye view. You know, you've, you've probably spun 100 laps on it at different times, but you've never really understood where it's going in, in the big scheme of things and how close you might be to certain objects or, or different roads if you're in a forest, you know. Um, and it's just super cool to show that to people and say, look, you know, here's my moto, here's the track. I did, did this for, you know, an hour. Here's my heart rate. Here's my, here's my you know, average heart rate. Here's my average speed. That sort of information is priceless. It's just cool to show people and to understand yourself what you've been going through. So to track whether you're, you know, you should be taking an easier day or not, all those things just mean a big yes from me as to why you should use it and why the Polo device is the best. They've been around for quite a number of years. They're one of the very first to be doing heart rate tracking. And I find that the Polo ones are the best for that aspect um, in terms of the tracking your heart rate. It's just so accurate. Um, and especially with that H10 chest strap, this is the, the device for me. I've used others. I'm not going to name those brands, but I've used others and I've always found and always come back to Polar uh, and hence why I've only ever had Polar since about 2015. Before that, I had some others. I've used some intermittently as tests, uh, but the Polar is, is it for me. And this GridX Pro is the top of the line. It covers everything and I can't say no to it. Um, now that I've had it for a test period, I kind of want one. I've, I've got the mid-range one myself, um, but it's it doesn't quite have a couple of some of these features and I just want this next one up. So I'm going to have to talk to those guys from Polar Australia about making this a permanent thing or potentially seeing what they've got next in the line. Now, there's plenty of different options from Polar Australia. You don't have to get the GridX Pro if, you, if it's a little bit out of your price range. There are plenty of other options lower down in the price range to track all sorts of different aspects of your training um, if you wish to look into that further. Um, there's multi-sport watches. There's specific ones for, for just for running. Um, there's ones for just daily activity trackings um, that don't have GPS enabled and all those sorts of extra bits and pieces. So check them out. There's more to it than just this GridX Pro, but the GridX Pro is the top of the line, covers everything, and it's sensationally good. If, you do, if you're umming and ahhing about whether you should get this or another version or a, lot, or a cheaper version, if you've got the money, by all means, I'll be taking the GridX Pro home every single time. All right, guys and girls, thanks for listening to this Always Moto Inspection podcast. We really appreciate it. We'll be back with more Always Moto podcasts uh, very, very soon, um, and we'll be doing more inspection podcasts here in the near future. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. We out.